0: As recorded in Matthew 18, Peter asks Jesus a question. Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother if he sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus says, 70 times seven. And he goes on to tell a parable that we know as the unmerciful servants. See, there was a certain ruler that went about collecting the debts owed to him. And he pulled in one of his servants who owed him 10,000 talents, our modern day equivalent of a million dollars, more than most people could ever repay, especially regular folks with regular jobs. And it says that he's going to cast this servant who owes him a million bucks into prison He's going to sell his family and try to recruit the losses and the servant falls on his knees and he begs the master. And what's it say there? He says, be patient with me, he begged, and I'll pay back everything. That's in verse 26. The servant's master took pity on him and canceled the debt. Unbelievable. Amazing. Jesus is telling a parable, an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. That servant who's been forgiven of the million-dollar debt walks out of the meeting in which he's just been forgiven, finds a fellow servant who owes him the equivalent of a thousand bucks and chokes him down and says, you've got to pay me, you owe me. The dude's like, have mercy on me, be patient, I'll pay you back. But the first servant who had been forgiven of a million has the man cast into debtor's prison until such time as he can pay the debt. When you're in prison, how can you work to pay back a debt? Other servants see this and they report to the master, the king, the ruler, the one who had forgiven the million dollar debt. And that one who would forgiven the million dollar debt calls in that unmerciful servant. And what does he say to him? He says, you wicked servant. I canceled all the debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had forgiven you? We've been forgiven. If you've asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins and you've committed your life to be a follower of His, you've become a Christian. You've been forgiven more of a debt that you could never repay. And you should forgive as you've been forgiven. In the Lord's Prayer, it's called the Terrible Prayer because it says, Forgive us our debts as we forgive those who have debts or trespasses against us. We're asking God to forgive like we forgive. As Pastor David read there, we are supposed to forgive as the Lord forgave us. We know we should forgive. We know we are commanded to forgive. However, it's not always easy to forgive. As we continue our Bitter Root Sermon series, we take up the question today How should I forgive? And we have our scripture memory verse for the month that reminds us of the type of character we should have. Let's say that together Ephesians 4 31 through 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another. Forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. Ephesians 4, 31 to 32. Forgive each other, just as in Christ, God forgave you. We know we should, but how? Today on your sermon outline, we've got seven letters to forgive. It's an acronym for the word forgive. And we'll start with the letter F. The letter F. In order to forgive, you've got to forbid recurring thoughts. Forbid recurring thoughts. Forbid, it says. Recurring thoughts. Get rid of all bitterness, it says in our scripture memory verse of the month. That means to chuck it out, get rid of it completely. Throw it away, all bitterness, rage, anger, slander, malice, all those nasty things. Forbid recurring thoughts you got to stop search thoughts the moment they start. Remember, the root of bitterness starts from the seed of unforgiveness. When somebody has offended you, they've hurt you, they've sinned against you, and you haven't yet forgiven them, and you allow it to grow, and you water it and give it the right conditions and the right soil and all that, it puts down roots, and before long, it's going to grow up into all these other things, anger, rage, malice, slander, unless... You forbid those recurring thoughts. You make a choice to forgive. Remember what Charles Stanley said that I quoted last week. Forgiveness is the act of setting someone free from an obligation to you that is the result of a wrong done against you. Forgiveness is an act of your will. It's a choice releasing a debt to someone who has sinned against you or offend you. Yet we won't always feel like we've forgiven. That's where I would say forgiveness, though it is a choice, forgiveness is a process. We had a bunch of friends, and maybe you had friends yesterday, run the market-to-market relay. A relay race of running from Omaha to Lincoln. And each of them ran three to five miles at a time. And they'd hand off the baton to the next person and run three to five miles. And you repeat and repeat and repeat till you get to Lincoln. You could just show up and run that. You'd probably make it. If you've got a basic level of fitness, but it would be so much better if you were prepared and day after day you trained and day after day you were able, building your strength, building your fitness in order that on the race day, you could just run with joy and freedom. Forgiveness is a bit like that and that you make a choice. I'm going to do it, but it's a habit. You're reminded of unforgiveness and you've got to choose again. You've got to choose again. You've got to choose again. Just like training for something. Just like a decision that takes time. And we've got to forget the recurring thoughts. Forgiveness is an exercise of my will. Remember what we talked about last week that forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not approving what they did. Forgiveness is not excusing what they did. Forgiveness is not justifying what they did. Forgiveness is not pardoning what they did or denying what they did. It's not pretending you weren't hurt. You've got to be realistic about it. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. That takes two parties. They may not want to reconcile. You may not need or be able to reconcile. Forgiveness is not forgetting. It's impossible to forgive and forget, no matter what the cliche says. And you may need boundaries to prevent that from happening again. We move to our scripture verse to support this point. 1 Corinthians 13, 5. It says... It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. That's talking about love. Agape love. God's otherish love that's God-powered. Other-focused and self-sacrificing. It keeps no record of wrongs. So that's our F. Let's move on to our O on our outline. The second letter is to overcome the temptation to bring it up. That one may be a little easier than it sounds like, but forgiveness is a process. Forgiveness takes time, and forgiveness is not always easy. And after you've chosen to forgive, you've got to move on. You've got to not bring it up again or not choose to bring it up again. And we've got to think about what forgiveness is. Again, if you weren't here last week or weren't turned in last week, you can listen to that sermon, forgiveness is, and there was a few things it is. Forgiveness is knowing what was done and still forgiving. Remember, we're supposed to let the peace of Christ guard our hearts and minds. The peace of Christ, when it guards our hearts, that's our feelings, our emotion. When it guards our minds, that's our thoughts and our decisions. And we let that peace govern us. Forgiveness is... Choosing to keep no record of wrongs. Love keeps no record of wrongs, we found out in our last scripture there. Forgiveness is refusing to punish them. It's God's to avenge, not yours. Forgiveness is refraining to talk about them. Remember, we quoted Proverbs seventeen nine that says, He who covers an offense promotes love, but whoever relates the matter separates close friends. In other words, if you gossip about some wing, you've sinned as well, and you've separated and divided relationships. Forgiveness is being Merciful. Blessed are the merciful, Scripture says. Why? Because they'll receive mercy. True forgiveness is an act of mercy. It's an ongoing transformation of your character. Forgiveness is exercising graciousness. Instead of being overbearing, instead of holding it against them, you receive them and treat them with graciousness. Because you've made a choice to forgive. Forgiveness is chucking out, getting rid of bitterness, We throw off the sin that so easily entangles us. And unforgiveness and bitterness are sins that do. And forgiveness is from the inside out. It's not just an exterior action. It's something where you ask God to transform your heart. Which leads us to that scripture, Psalm 141.3. Psalm 141.3 is a prayer in which the psalmist asks God to set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. You might go and read the rest of that passage of scripture if you want to have some further illumination and be convicted over how God goes about that. But that simple little couplet there reminds us, set a guard over my mouth, keep watch over the door of my lips. Do you have anybody in your life that you wish you could automatically have a guard over your mouth when they showed up? People you know that you're like, whoo, this person's just going to be trouble. This person knows how to push my buttons. You need to pre-pray your pressure points, and you need to ask God, hey, when I see that person, when I get in that situation, put a guard over my mouth, keep watch over the door of my lips, even though things are coming up inside my heart and in my mind about this person, I'm not going to let it come out. I'm going to overcome the temptation to bring it up again because I've chosen to forgive them. Let's move on to your R. Repeat scripture to yourself. Repeat scripture to yourself. Allow God's words to change you. It will change you when you read it, when you hear it, when you meditate on it, when you memorize it, when you talk about it, when you teach it. 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17 reminds us of what God's word can do. It says that all Scripture is God-breathed. It's inspired by God. And it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. That covers every area of our lives. So that, and you know I love the so that, the servant of God may be thoroughly, that means absolutely, positively, completely, equipped for every good work. If you desire to fully forgive, You've got to allow Scripture into your mind and into your heart to transform you into the likeness of Christ. Henry Blackaby says, if you find yourself falling into sinful habits or not grieving over sin as you once did, this indicates that you're not abiding in Christ. Return to Him in repentance. Restore your relationship with Him. And you will once again experience victory over your sin. Unforgiveness is a sin. Bitterness is a sin. Gossip and slander are sins. All these things that are related to unforgiveness. And how do we return to Christ? We spend time with Him. In the Bible. God's Word. In prayer. In devotion. In meditation. In spiritual disciplines. As we walk with Jesus, we're transformed into the image of Jesus. Let's move on. To your fourth point, G, give the situation to God. You've got to give the situation to God. You can't keep trying to do it on your own. It never ceases to surprise me or amaze me that I give Myra a scripture or a topic and some ideas about it months ahead of time and she picks out songs by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit with the topics and keywords and everything that she knows and there's things that are just so dialed in. Every one of our songs we sang this morning talked to this idea of forgiveness. And here's where I'm getting at here. Give the situation to God, isn't it? Forgiveness is not something you can do on your own. You've got to have the power of God. The battle belongs to God. It is an act or a choice of your will, but God does it in you, and God does it through you. Give the situation to God. Don't recount it. Don't repeat it. Don't dig up the bones. Give it to God. Our scripture verse there, 1 Peter 2, 23, says this. When they hurled insults at him, Jesus, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, this is Jesus in his crucifixion, or his, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. I know there are times when you feel mistreated like Jesus was mistreated, but none of us have been tortured like him or nailed on a tree like he was in crucifixion. And what does the scripture tell us to do? Entrust ourselves to the one who judges justly. It's not ours to get revenge on the person or to plot it. They're God's responsibility. And we give the situation to God. We do what Jesus did. We trust Him. So we forbid recurring thoughts. We overcome bringing it up again. We repeat Scripture to ourselves. We give this situation to God. Our fifth one, the letter I, is intercede for the offender. Intercede is a fancy word for pray, but pray didn't fit our acronym. So go ahead and write intercede, and if you don't know what it means, write pray. Intercede for the offender. Intercession is a special type of prayer, however. It is a type of prayer in which we go before God on behalf of the other. So, yeah, there's a reason we chose that, not just to make it fit our acronym. Prayer is a command for all believers, but we should pray specifically for those who hurt us, sinned against us, or offended us. Pray, Lord, give me eyes to see. Let's read that scripture verse, 1 Samuel 12, 23. I love this phrase far be it from me. As for me, far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. And I will teach you the way that is good and right. My dear friend in college, Cliff Lee, and he's a pastor in Florida, Chloe met him this summer. She went to his church. I mean, crazy. We're college roommates. She's here, and then she's there. Cliff always would say, it was a Cliffism, we would actually call it. He would say, Far be it from me. You'd say, Hey, Cliff, can we walk to dinner together? Far be it from me to walk to dinner alone when I could walk with you, he would say. Hey, Cliff, can you help me study? Far be it from me to refuse studying with you because you're my friend. He just used that phrase. It's a biblical sort of phrase. It sounds a little old-fashioned, a little corny, a little King James or something, but it was just Cliff, right? Chloe can vouch for the fact that he's a little goofy that way. That's part of Cliff's charm. That's who he is. What about us? Far be it from me that I should sin against the Lord? Capital O, capital R, capital D, that's the Lord God. By failing to pray for you. You know the thing that might change your heart the most for the person that you're struggling with unforgiveness or bitterness towards? Praying for them. Not praying that they would get theirs. But praying that God would bless them. Praying that God would continue to change your heart towards them. Praying that God would speak to them by His Holy Spirit and they would be transformed into the image of Christ. And if they're not a believer in Jesus, praying that they would trust Jesus as their personal Savior and Lord. And they can be filled with the Holy Spirit to live differently. Yeah. Let's go on. Our next point is the V. The sixth point, value. Value, giving above receiving. It's more blessed to give than than receive, the cliche says. But when you're hurt, when you're offended, when somebody's sinned against you, you don't feel like giving them anything other than maybe your wrath, other than maybe your anger, other than maybe your judgment, and some slander and some gossip and all sorts of ugly things that our scripture memory verse of the month talked about. Brawling and bitterness and rage. All those things we're supposed to chuck them out. But this is talking about Forgiveness. And asking you to pray that God would give you the supernatural ability to value giving to them and giving to others. Don't worry about what they do or what they don't do. Worry about your responsibility. And your responsibility is to have a right relationship with God and therefore to seek to have a right relationship with men. above all else to be at peace with everyone else. Let's read what Acts 20 35 says. It says, In everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remember, in the words of the Lord Jesus, it is more blessed to give than receive. Paul giving his testimony of the way that he lived, sacrificially giving, spending himself on behalf of others. We should do the same thing with forgiveness. So we forbid recurring thoughts. We've overcome bringing it up again. We repeat Scripture to ourselves. We give the situation to God. We pray uh, for the one that hurt us. We give above receiving. And our seventh and final point is E. Extend God's grace and mercy. This in some ways is a summary of all the points that have gone before, because those other points are you doing what you can't do on your own by God's power, supernaturally, what you're not supposed to be able to do on your own, choosing to fully and totally forgive No matter what has been done to you, you extend God's grace and mercy as we heard last week. Forgiveness is merciful. Forgiveness is gracious. Let's see what James 1 5 or 5 11 says. Excuse me. As you know, we count it as blessed those who persevered. You've heard of Job's perseverance and you have seen the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. The character of Christ is compassionate and merciful. And he calls us to do the same thing. When you look. At this acronym forgive. And you think about what has been done to you and how you've been hurt, particularly if somebody has done it repeatedly, particularly if they have asked forgiveness, but then sinned against you again or offended you again particularly if it was something heinous or terrible. Forgiveness is hard. But it's an act of your will. To choose to allow the supernatural grace of God to do in you what you cannot do on your own. And that is to release the offender or the person who sinned against you from their debt. And forgiveness is freeing for you just as it is freeing for them. Remember, it's the key outside the cell that you can reach and you can unlock and you let yourself out of the jail cell of unforgiveness. So let go today let's pray together god our father you've forgiven us of more than we can ever imagine like the parable of jesus the guy forgiven of a million dollar debt that he could never repay yet sometimes we act just like that guy and we are unmerciful and unforgiving to a person that owes us so much less So, God, our prayer is that we would be transformed by your Holy Spirit into the character of Christ, that we would get rid of all bitterness, anger, rage, slander, brawling, all these sort of things, and we would forgive as you've forgiven us. So, Father, here we are before you today, and we ask that we would be able to forgive And Father, we pray for the person who may be here today who knows they've never trusted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord. And the forgiveness they need is yours. They need to admit to you, God, that they're a sinner. State their faith that Jesus is your Son and Lord. And commit themselves to follow Jesus for their lifetime. God, whatever we may need to do, would we do it now as we sing? It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.